This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit provides information on how you can lead a healthy lifestyle. I'm the host, Josie Bidwell. Search for and subscribe to Southern Remedy on any podcasting app to not miss any episode. MPB Think Radio. This is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White here with Carol Palmer. We will today be happy to be your host. Located in the hidden culinary hotbed of Flora, Mississippi, Two Dog Farms supplies fresh produce to local restaurants all across Mississippi and even into New Orleans. Joining us today is Dorothy Killen, one half of the husband and wife team that runs Two Dog Farms. She's also brought Hazel along to join the conversation. We'll talk about the farm, their community-supported agriculture, and your whatever is on your culinary mind, which will include, I hope, a conversation about our, one of our favorite subjects, tomato sandwiches. Well, what's been going on? Let's see. We haven't been in the studio together in several weeks. I was gone. You were gone. Uh, and here we are back together again with our good buddy. Good buddy. Java. Java. I want to thank Enrica Williams, Chef Enrica Williams, who sat in for me and sat in for you for the last two weeks. She's been on the air with us. So that's been great having her here. And we want to remind everybody that she will be hosting a panel at the upcoming Mississippi Book Festival on August the 19th at the Mississippi uh, uh, state capitol on the grounds of the state capitol and her session her panel is called cookbooks and culture and i don't i don't recall who the other folks on the panel are but enrica will be hosting it so put that on your calendar to join her there so Mel, what you been eating well everything i can get my hands on uh i've been eating a lot of produce uh, you know, this time of year, my friend David and Melissa Patterson prov- provide me with lots and lots of tomatoes and cucumbers and peppers and eggplants. And so we've just been awash uh, in our house for the last three weeks, really, with uh, his bounty. So I've been doing a lot of tomato eating, a lot of making a lot of BLTs. Yeah, well, I, I really appreciate the fact that, that you not only eat it, you pass along to your friends. And I was a grateful recipient of a Cherokee purple yeah, tomato man. and a couple of other heirlooms. Yeah, he, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. he grows better boys and then lots of heirlooms. So uh, there's, there's quite a variety when the, uh, when the bag arrives. So uh, it's much appreciated. And uh, we're, we're, we make soups with them. We make sandwiches with them. We stuff them. We eat them raw. Uh, but anyway, cucumbers and tomatoes this time of year become, have become my Have you theme. done any pickling? I know you usually put yep. some cucumbers in a jar. Well, I, I do the refrigeration pickling, which is sort of the put them in the refrigerator and eat them up, do it again. I don't really put any away. Uh-huh. I consume them all. So they're in the, right now in my refrigerator. There's a container with tomatoes, cucumbers, onions, and vinegar, salt, pepper, and et cetera. And it just gets replenished. And it, it's, it's sort of perpetual until they run out. Well, I've 
been into peaches this week. Man. And made a beautiful peach cobbler. I like the peach cobblers that have actual crust, not just. You have latticed crust. Oh, you saw my picture. <laughs> Girl, I, lattice, I have, I'm crust. on the Internet. Yeah. Yeah, I, lat- I latticed my crust. And, um, yeah. And Java, did you see Carol's post on I saw it cooking too. and it's coping? A, uh, Beautiful. Lattice, that's when you take it to the next level. Yeah, I took it to the next level, but I put that picture in there because the problem with the whole situation was when I took it out of the oven and saw the beauty of it, hmm. and I realized that there was no vanilla ice cream Uh-oh. to be had. And, and you live way out in the country. And I live way out. And I just told you know my husband, I said, we are 25 minutes Ooh. from a quarter of vanilla ice. I mean, 25 minutes one way. Mm. So it had to go ice creamless. Yeah. Well, I do but like. you know, a hot, hot peach cobbler. Oh, yeah. You know, it, do I ever know? Yeah. It, it's a perfect union. Now, I've been eating a lot of peaches, mostly just peel them. And and put them in a bowl with ice cream. And I was thinking about something yesterday as I was peeling a peach, and I wanted to ask you about this. You know, peeling a peach is a, an interesting uh, maneuver. You, you don't really cut the skin off. It, there's this sort of back and forth and then pull the way you get the skin off without destroying the fruit. You get a really ripe peach, and you got to be really careful uh, how to get mm-hmm. the skin off of it without destroying uh, the fruit. And, and, you know, it just depends on the the ripeness of the peach because a perfect – there's, you know, another perfect peach is right before it goes into that mm-hmm. that stage. And the peaches I had were like that. And I, I enjoy – Peeling them. I, yeah. No, no, I do too. And, I was just I, thinking about it. I was using a little curved, uh, little parrot beak, paring knife, and uh-huh. I, you know, it's peeling. I was thinking, you know, I've done it the other way when I'm making cobbler and you boil water. And they just and pop you, off. And you, yeah. Well, before you put them in there, you put like a little cross at the bottom hmm. and you boil them in there for like 10 seconds, plunge them in ice cold water and then you can do exactly what you're talking about or either get a paper towel and lightly mm. wipe it off but there's so many ways so many ways to remove the skin from the joy of I the I know peach. and I, I was so into it this week that I, I went in the bookcase and looked for a, a copy of one of my favorite food books it's called Epitet for a Peach by a California a farmer named Mas, Masamoto. Masamoto. And it was it's a beautiful liter, literary homage to the peach. Well, I'll have to check into that. Yes, you will. I'm not familiar with that. Now, Java, you have been uh, experimenting with some recipes you say you found on Twitter. Or, wait, excuse me, on X. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Today is the day it, it dropped its name and went from Twitter to X or whatever's going on over I mean, there. What, what, what is he thinking? <laughs> who 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 knows? But yeah, I um, you know, school is in session for some uh, students and parents, and then my kids are getting ready to go to school in the next couple of, uh, weeks. And I said we're gonna be a little bit more efficient in the morning 
because our kids are getting older. I got a fifth grader, a second grader, and a kindergartner. So not not a lot of playtime in the morning. And I saw this nice, quick, easy recipe for um, breakfast pizza. Ooh. And I am not one to like snatch a um, snatch a recipe off of the internet, especially like Twitter or something. But I did it, and it was fairly simple. And I had to make a a sausage gravy, which I have never made before. So mm. I had to get the flour and the milk and the, a good um, milk gravy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had to do that, and and it was just a, a ground sausage. But we use plant based sausage, so. Crystal, who doesn't eat meat, my wife, she was able to partake. And, uh, yeah, that may be something that we can use in the morning time for breakfast. And it you was know, a, Java, that's impressive. A recipe I, mean, I found gravy, on Twitter. Yeah, sausage gravy from yeah, scratch. That's the first thing. I, that was my first time making it. And I did get kudos from Crystal, so I guess I must be on the right rolling, path. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on the right path. I had a long conversation with my f- friend in Boonville, Bill Barnett, about milk gravy. This past week, we were, he he loves to make biscuits. Well, what with milk a coinky dink! I know, and here Java is talking about milk gravy or sausage milk gravy. My first batch. <laughs> wow. Okay, in the news, Carol, uh, the the internet, uh, as it is known, has been blowing up uh, about this concept of the girl dinner. You know, I, I hate it that they're calling that. I mean, it's a little mini charcuterie plate. Right. And as I told you Snack in Java, plate. that is how my husband eats regularly. It's very, you know, European to yes. have like a few sardines, a few cornichons or pickles, you know, a little piece of that meat, a little piece of this vegetable. Maybe a hard-boiled egg. Uh, yes, uh, mm-hmm. sprinkled with a pretty sea Even salt. some nuts, perhaps. Yes. Cheese. Yeah, it's uh, a little block of cheese. So, you know, all of a sudden it's been rediscovered and it's taken off on TikTok. Like yeah. it's a, they're calling it the new Lunchable. The new Lunchable. We, we our show... We support the snackle box concept. We do. We do. We <laughs> we support the concept of, of getting your tackle box and filling it with um, all sorts of little things like Nibbles. they're talking about. Nibbles. Our first snackle box, Malcolm, was at Joe Sherman's house. That's right. And he had a Bass Pro Shop tackle box. Open and like in one little section, it would have the crackers, and the next one might be a little dried smoked oyster, and then the next one would be olives and mm. different kind of cheeses in all the compartment. It's excellent. And because you and I were there, they had to refill that snack box. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to be packaged and uh, and promoted because that is a great uh, the may- snack box. Maybe we can get Joe to do a TikTok video like this woman did on the on the girl dinner and then it would go viral yeah or we could get him to bring one in next time he co-hosts and he's brought them in before we've had a, ta- a snackle box right here on well this i don't know well i guess he was he was in for me because <laughs> I, I have never been in the studio with the snackle box it, there's been one here a seafood tower yes but no snackle box okay so, Java, what's your take on hashtag girl dinner? Well, I think, uh, Carol, I know this is radio, but your face said it all when it first popped up as far as, like, they're taking something that people have always done, introducing it to a new audience. But also, the kind of little controversy as a um, a girl dad 
you know, this kind of girl dinner and this is all that a girl or a lady needs to eat, you know, in, in these yeah. modern times. And, you know, a lot of people, I guess the quote unquote controversy is, is like, where is the, 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 the sustenance and where are the calories and how can this yeah. qualify as a dinner, you mm. know? But yeah. it's being promoted as a as a girl quote unquote girl dinner. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's kind of like the uh, a niçoise salad that that I'd, I mean it's like a mini niçoise salad because on a niçoise salad you might have little baby yeah. baby new potatoes, a few right. green beans. Yeah, get over it, girls. Yeah. Well, it's, it's just regular eating. I want right. to move on to the tomato sandwich. Well, it's just a thing. So we're going to set up the tomato sandwich conversation. Then we're going to take a break and invite our guest in and talk about uh, tomatoes and tomato sandwiches. So what got us going on tomato sandwiches this week, Carol? It was a proliferation of <laughs> literature coming out from the New York Times, from Garden and Gun with Rules and Regulations. It was like everybody woke up and started talking about the tomato sandwich. Yeah, but we talk about it all the time. We did. We, we live it. Carol Palmer, Malcolm White, Jaffa Chapman. It's been fun so far. We intend to talk a lot about tomato sandwiches and uh, a few other topics. Carol, during the break, you said you got a text from one of our listeners. You yeah, want to share that Yeah, we not only get phone calls, Malcolm, we get texts. We get texts. And Mona Nicholas, who mm-hmm. is the executive director of the International Ballet Competition by Day, mm-hmm. is obviously making peach dumplings by night and well, wants us to know that the secret ingredient is Sprite. Sprite? Sprite. Oh, my goodness. I've not heard of that. I guess that's instead of, like, in a lot of peach recipes, you add a little orange juice and a little lemon. So it's Sprite. Huh. How interesting. Well, we appreciate Mona. Yes, Mona, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening and sharing and for all the good work that you do at the International Ballet Competition. So, Carol, uh, the the tomato sandwich controversy that has arisen this past week, uh, did Garden and Gun start this? Well, Garden and Gun weighed in on July 12th, and then the New York Times has run several pieces starting mm. July 19th. And I'm just so glad that Dorothy is in the studio with us, a, an actual grower. A grower of, of product. But uh, – Garden and Gun put out an article about rules and regulations. I mean, I guess that would be tongue-in-cheek. Yes, you would hope. Yeah, they told a little story about Southerners being in Sicily and seeing the tomatoes and trying to make – there was no Duke's mayonnaise, so they Mm. were forced to make their own mayonnaise. Using olive oil, I assume? I'm sure. But the the quote I wanted to share with you is – this woman, she says, mayonnaise and tomatoes are like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, wow! Wow! I can I can go with that. Yeah, and I, and you know another thing, uh, there. Go ahead. Is soft soft bread or toasted? I know you've got an opinion. Of course I do. Uh, both is how I feel about it, and this idea that you can't use whole grain or. Grain and seed breads is ridiculous. I make tomato sandwiches. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I make <laughs> well, tomato sandwiches all the time on good, you know, hearty bread. I also don't have a problem with a 
a piece of white bread. We don't keep it at our house that much, but for a tomato sandwich, sure, I grew up eating it that way. But you know, you're a real flexible kind of guy. Now, Chef Bill Smith, who is one of, to me, one of the greatest chefs in the country from Chapel Hill, North Carolina, he says that you must use the cheapest store brand white bread possible. Hmm. Well, good for Bill, and uh, I have no problem with that. Okay. I, but but I do like uh, mixing up the breads, and oddly enough, I sometimes toast and sometimes don't. It just depends on how I feel. <laughs> I feel different ways, Carol, from time, you know. Okay. Well, Gardening Gun also <laughs> says that size matters and size is thick. Now, I agree with that. But if, if all you have is one tomato and three people, you got to go thin. <laughs> You're just proving what a flexible guy. I want to hear what Dorothy says about a tomato sandwich. What, what's your perfect tomato sandwich? Hmm. Well, I must say that I do kind of, I like to change it up. I like to toast my bread sometimes, and then I also like a nice, soft, um, breaded tomato sandwich. Yummy. I think also, um, depending on the bread type, that mm. it kind of depends on the tomato. Oh, yeah? So if you have, like, a very, um, like, lower flavored. Less uh, acid. Yeah, tomato, then maybe you don't want a bread that's so overpowering, you know, like a multigrain or seeded bread or something like that. Now, at two dog farms that you and your husband and family run, we have one of your family members here, Hazel. Hello, Hazel. We're glad you're here in the studio with us. (laughs) She's got on her headsets. Uh, What type of tomatoes do y'all grow at two dog? Well, we grow a a bunch of different types. Um, Our favorite that we grow is an heirloom tomato, or our heirloom tomatoes. We grow quite a different uh, variety of them. Um, We grow cherry tomatoes. We grow your beefsteak tomatoes. And we grow some sauce tomatoes, like some Romas, Mm -hmm. Marzanas. Now, for a tomato sandwich, which one do you, do you think is the I, most I, ideal? I go heirloom. Heirloom. Yes. Mm-hmm. Carol, your thoughts on your I perfect tomato my perfect, sandwich? My perfect tomato sandwich is a lot of salt. I love to use mm. a flaky sea salt like Malden sea salt, fresh cracked pepper, and I like a few basil leaves. I was going to say, I mine. bet you go for the and basil. And yeah, lots, lots of, mm. lots of mayonnaise. Now, my brother <clears throat> scoffs at. T- uh, lettuce being on the BLT. I don't know how I jumped from the tomato sandwich to the BLT, but I've been making lots of those. So my brother will only go uh, BT. He he says L is just gets in the way. Well, what he's about not that? he's not alone because you know that's another thing that seems to be very controversial is putting the L in in BLT hmm. that it could really mess up a great. A great sandwich. Well, I had L in mine last night, but mm-hmm. uh, the one I had two days ago was just bacon and tomato. Dorothy, what's your thoughts on the BLT? I kind of like all three ingredients. <clears throat> I guess it depends on the lettuce, too. Like a right. good, yeah, like nice, a good crunch. Crunchy bib lettuce, I think, adds a lot to, bib. to a good BLT Um what do you think, Hazel? Yummy. <laughs> there you go. We have we have our own sound effects. <laughs> See, 
Uh, now, do you grow lettuces at Two Dog Farms? We do. So we grow some different red bibs um, mm-hmm. in the early spring and, and in the fall. Um, we also get, with our CSA program, our neighbor farm is Salad Days. And so they are a hydroponic farm, which grows a lot of different lettuces. Mm-hmm. Well, while we're there, let's talk about the the CSA program, Carol. Yeah, I mean, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture, and I know Mm -hmm. that you have a very robust program. So maybe educate our listeners a little bit about what a CSA is and what it means to a farmer. Sure. Um, Well, it means a lot to us. Um, It is, and it it should mean a lot to y'all as well. Because it's a really good way to get a direct, you know, relationship with your food, a direct relationship with your community and farmer. Um, It helps you to really understand, like, where your food is coming from, that it's not being shipped miles and miles away. Uh, The CSA really helps us and our farm um, because it's a proactively um, purchased subscription and so that way it helps us to where we can go ahead and start ordering seed and mulch and everything else that we fertilizer everything else that we need to um get the season really started and and growing and so this comes the csa you have a csa box and you do two subscriptions a year we do we do one in the spring slash summer that goes into the summer and then one in the fall so our next one will start in october and it goes through december or you know until like the middle of december it's a nine-week program uh this fall sometimes it changes seasonally on on um when we're going to start you know and how long it's going to go till but um yeah. So I, I was looking because I, I would love to sign up if y'all. If We'd you, love to have you. Oh, good, because I know the subscriptions go pretty fast. But mm-hmm. you can pick them up at the farm in Flora, and then you have mm-hmm. a second location. We do in Ridgeland. At, um, it's off of Jackson Street, right by the railroad tracks. Hmm. And that's every Thursday. Okay. Cool. Yep. All right, we got a caller. Carolyn is calling from Past Christian, Carol. Oh, yeah. And she wants to talk about the tomato sandwich. Hello, Carolyn. Hello. How are you? Hey, um, I, I don't think there should be any rules. Um, my first um, fresh-picked tomato this year, I was happy to be alone with lettuce, tomato, and Hellman's on white bread. Rock on, girl. I, I, I mean, I, you know, it was just heaven. I love being with people yes. and talking about how great the food is, but my tomato sandwiches are very personal. Now, I sometimes put my, I only do Hellman's. We were trying not to even go there today, but you're on the Malcolm White side. And I'm on the okay, Well, the other, the only other thing I can say besides just uh, loving tomatoes is a dear late friend of mine in Memphis introduced me to the BLOT, and we had Vidalia onions with our <gasps> BLT and the crunch was fabulous 
I love but it. And that's all I have to say. Well, we I love y'all. Don't don't go away. I got one quick question for you. Do, okay. you, you say you grow your own. Now the soil in no, past- no 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 no. I, I cannot grow them. Okay. But um, a friend of mine um, close by down the street was out of town, and I volunteered to take care of her little vegetable plot. Ah. So what a I good friend all, you are. All the, I got all the fresh tomatoes I could <laughs> Well, you, you, made, you made a really important point that we didn't touch on, and that is the concept of aloneness. Hmm. When you're eating a really juicy tomato sandwich, there's, oh nothing, there's nothing better than a kitchen sink. A large no, rag. A large outside? rag. Yes, with a, with <laughs> was, a, a large. It was running, it was running <laughs> yeah. down my elbows. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it, it is. It is a beautiful thing. And um, even if the New York Times is doing a recipe putting furikake Japanese sea salt or Japanese <laughs> kewpie mayonnaise, we're going to let them have their sure. tomato sandwiches. Yeah. And we'll have our... Dukes yeah, and Hellman. Yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> All right, Carolyn, thank you uh, very much for listening to our oh, show. I love your program. Thank ah, you. thanks so much. And thanks for calling and sharing about your special time alone with your tomato sandwich. And, Dorothy, your business has really exploded, and it's become quite the, the thing. A lot of restaurants use your produce, your vegetables, Um and a lot of people love to get your boxes. Uh, so talk a little bit about your business and how y'all got started and sort of the history of Two Dog Farm. Sure thing. Thank you. Um, we started back in 2014. And so that makes it going on, gosh, nine years now. Mm. Um, it's been nine years? It's been nine years. Can you believe it? <laughs> Um, the farm is older than you, Hazel. Yeah. <laughs> but we love having Hazel. She helps out so much on the farm and actually goes to the farmer's markets and stuff with me every Saturday. So what was the big idea and how did y'all decide this was what you wanted your business to be? So, well, Van and I both kind of grew up with conventional um, farming in our family and, and whatnot. Um the soybeans, you know, the corn, the cotton. Um, we both kind of grew up around that. And then we both moved out west, um, not together actually, just kind of both on our own, and really recognized um, the farm-to-table movement out there. And so whenever we moved back to Mississippi, um, we kind of wanted to bring that here to the state. Um, we really wanted people to kind of be more aware, you know, of like where their food came from and um, and about um, just eating eating local and supporting your local farmer, really. And where did you grow up? I grew up over by the reservoir area. Mm-hmm. Um, my family is from Flora. But so. y'all are farmers? Yeah. Well, yeah. My, my grandfather in Flora. Oh, okay. So you really haven't gotten very far from where you started right? no i have not and van grew up where in cleveland delta boy the delta mm-hmm. yeah cleveland, cleveland yes i do and cleveland really has a great farmer's market really now, really a really lively farmer's mm-hmm. market oh mm-hmm. yes. i have never been to it 
Put it on your bucket list. That's I right. sure will. I mean, <laughs> I have to. Yeah. Okay, we uh, got a caller from another caller from Past Christiane. We're on a roll from Past Christiane today. Penny's on the <laughs> phone and wants to tell us a little bit about the Eagle Lake sandwich. I think this could also be uh, the Vicksburg tomato sandwich. Could be. Oh. Penny? Good morning. How Good are you? Good morning. Um, our, my husband's family used to have uh, a fishing place over in Eagle Lake. And so they came up with the Eagle Lake sandwich when the homegrown tomatoes were in season. Oh. And it was it was a um, sandwich that had mayonnaise on one side, preferably homemade. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the bread, you put peanut butter with a <laughs> big slice of tomato in the center. And I fought it for years until I tried it. It was wonderful. Wow. That's interesting. Um yeah, that wouldn't be one that would naturally come to mind, but it, you know, you can't you can't be afraid, Carol. You, you, you cannot got, have fear. I mean, fear. how long did you uh, fear this, Penny, before you partaked, partook? Well, let's see. Uh, we got married in 79, so probably to about 85, and finally gave in, and I just I was like, where have you <laughs> been She just knuckled life? under. She just <laughs> did. Well, there Malcolm, you have it. I'm with you. I mean, we cannot have fear. No. No fear of food. That's right. That's the worst right. thing that can happen is you don't particularly like it, and you let someone right. else finish right. it. But yeah. there you've heard yeah. it, the Eagle Lakes tomato, the Eagle Lake tomato sandwich adding peanut butter to one side of the bread. What kind of bread do you use there, Penny? Well, my husband makes uh, homemade bread. Oh. And so mm. Homemade mayo, Carter homemade likes, bread. He likes to make, uh, yeah, Carter likes to make the, uh, mostly it's whole wheat bread hmm. but see, you know, see carol unbleached white and whole meat, whole meat bread so it's really good that's great impressive and impressive. thank you so much for calling yes thank you so Y'all much absolutely uh dorothy uh do you put peanut butter on your tomato sandwiches no but i could kind of see where like the peanut butter and the bacon like isn't mm. that a thing where it kind of goes together yeah i would so think so on some things yeah. but it's interesting how you you're talking about you can't fear it that's like people um not knowing some of the vegetables that we put in our boxes or we grow you know and, and have at the farmer's market like kohlrabi for instance mm-hmm. a lot of people are like what is that vegetable you know i don't know what to do with it i don't i don't even know how do i try it and i'm like well you just have to try it you just have to go all in and, and do it. And um, and then it ends up being one of their favorite vegetables because it's so versatile. Wow. And tell me about that vegetable. It's kohlrabi. It's mm-hmm. an above-ground root vegetable right. in the brassica family. And um, it tastes like a mild broccoli. Wow. Um, you can dip it, eat it raw, and dip it in hummuses or different dips. And you, it's a great potato substitute. So, gotcha. so it's a fall, a fall and winter vegetable. Fall and spring. Mm-hmm. So do you operate the farm year-round? You do a we do. multiple plantings and oh, harvesting. Yes. Like right now in a hundred degree weather, we're already um, <laughs> seeding for the fall, and that that just feels really strange, you know. Right, it's so hot. It's, it's so hot, kind of, but we're thinking about winter. <laughs> well, someone's got to do it, right? Right. Okay, another caller uh, from Laurel, Mississippi. Nancy's on the phone. She also has a comment about the tomato sandwich. Hello, Nancy. Hello. Uh, good morning. I enjoy your program so much. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, and uh, I, it's a throwback to my mother. I'm originally from McGee, and uh, she could have been a pioneer woman. Uh, 
she uh, if she had not been born later, um, her favorite thing would be to to save calories if you want to do that if you're eating a tomato sandwich. She just does it on an open face. Mm. Eating uh, sliced tomatoes on an open face and eat it that way. Also, it's quicker. Yeah. If you're really hungry and you're ready uh, to have a tomato sandwich, then you just do an open face tomato. Yes, and I love I open also, face. Yes. I had worked for an oil company in Jackson at one time and was at the petroleum building, and there was a restaurant uh, downstairs. And they made really good tomato sandwiches. They put uh, pimento cheese on them. I love that. Now, is that Steve's? Is is this a long time ago or recently? Long time ago. Long time ago. Yes, yes. The Capitol Uh, Club, is that right? The the Petroleum Building, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, In the Petroleum Building. And you go in and get your... Uh, it, they, they did a three layer, and so the oh, pimento cheese was a the one club layer. Style. And it was a little, little spicy. It had a little uh, jalapeno in it. So those were my two different ways. Excellent. Well, that that it. and and that just brought up one quick comment on the open face, Malcolm. How about a fold over? Oh, you know I love a fold over. Yeah, that's a single yeah. piece of bread just folded, oh, okay. like, like like children's tacos. style. Like a taco. Yeah, like a taco. I like tacos. I, of course you like tacos, <laughs> Hazel. I bet you, do you like tomato sandwich tacos? No, she's not so sure about that. Okay, also on the phone, Cindy is calling. She's on the road, but she has a suggestion about, you got it, the tomato sandwich. Hello, Cindy. Hey, how are you? Great. Um, this is, a, this is a little veer off the standard, but uh, this is one of my favorites when I have all the ingredients. I use thick artisan white bread, bacon, an heirloom tomato, and thinly sliced avocado, and then a garlic aioli. Mm. Now that that that's good. I was it, wondering when the avocado was gonna yeah. come in. And Dorothy, I mean garlic and tomatoes Ooh, too. I mean this garlic everything. Yeah. We've gotten some ideas <laughs> here. Well, Cindy, thank, thank you. you. Uh, thank you so much for calling us from the road and uh, adding uh, to our cornucopia of ideas about how to uh, improv- improvisationally uh, consume your tomato sandwich. She's adding avocados. Yes. No now, do you fear. grow avocados? That's a tree. That's not a... No, we do okay. not. We it's not the right part of the world. It's not. It is not. No. Okay, right Dorothy, when you started the farm and you named it two dog farms i'm thinking there were two dogs involved there were two dogs original um until we found elvis on the side of the road at your sister's house that's right and then we added a third and then a fourth and now a fifth (laughs) so you're five dogs and three children since you started this project that's right and a few chickens (laughs) it's not a few it's <laughs> Lots of chickens. Yeah. Do you also raise chickens for eggs or just for your we own do. consumption? Yep, we do pasture-raised eggs, and mm-hmm. you can find that as one of our add-ons through our boxes. Or, um, And then we just love, love, love to eat them. I mean, we eat a lot of eggs in yeah, our house Yeah, I love also. eggs. 
Mm-hmm. Tell while we have this moment, tell our listeners how to find you, how to be in touch with you if they're interested in your boxes or the vegetables or the produce or the eggs that you can that you grow. Sure, thank you. Um, you can visit us on our website at www.2dogfarms.org, and that's T W O spelled out. Um, and then from there, you'll just click on the side tabs um, about our CSA. But I would like to mention we are also offer weekly farm boxes for those that maybe cannot commit to the full CSA. So you can order week-to-week boxes as well. And what is the commitment to the full CSA? Mean? The, um, it's a nine-week program. So you would, again, proactively you know, go ahead and order your subscription like say now we're in the next few weeks and then get ready for the fall CSA to begin on, in October. Watermelons, yeah. And yeah. so what might one, I mean, typically what might be in a box? Um, well, it changes week, sure. to week to week, you know, whatever's coming out of the sometimes field. Sometimes it's eggs, sometimes it's carrots, sometimes it's spinach. Mm-hmm. Sometimes kale. And cucumbers. So the fall is a really great um, season, probably one of my favorite uh, CSA programs that we do because you're kind of you're getting like the tail end of the summer. So we plant fall tomatoes so you can still have your fresh uh, field grown tomato sandwiches um, in the fall. So that's a real treat. And then we also have summer squash that's kind of coming on um, into the beginning of fall. But then you start to get into your greens and like your mm. broccoli, your cauliflower, your kale, uh, your cabbages, and then a lot of your rooty vegetables also like carrots and turnips and radishes. And I see that you also have bread and eggs. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, we, we that also. Really, that has a lot of appeal to me as a dozen eggs, with, uh, farm fresh absolutely. eggs. Absolutely. We do. Um, so we offer with our CSA, you can get um, – different shares weekly also with your box you can get an egg share you can get a bread share from a local purveyor some flour oven you get a loaf of sourdough bread weekly um you can get some local grass-fed beef in a farm from flora ws cattle um you can get a hydroponic head of lettuce from salad days in flora right next door to us and then you can get some of our eggs as well Yeah, that's great, and I know a lot of our listeners are not in the Jackson area, but Malcolm, it's a really great opportunity to encourage people to do CSA, community-supported agriculture, with the people that do it in their area, because it it helps the farmer with cash flow all Mm -hmm. year long, Mm -hmm. buy seeds, and know what you're, you you have a base for what you're planting. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, we have our buddy Kathleen from Osaka on the phone. She has a comment about tomato sandwiches. Hello, Kathleen. This one is for you, Malcolm. <laughs> this light, any kind of bread, any kind of bread, uh, French bread, shortbread, long, long, whatever, and you take a little mayo, you can put a tomato, season it, top it with sliced pepperoni at the bag, sprinkle. With Parmesan cheese, sticking in the boiler, not even three minutes. Mm. Not even three. So if you got something quick or you've got grandkids going, pop, pop, pop. It's coming, it's coming. That's <laughs> great. That's a great <laughs> combination. 
you can spice it up. You can put a dash of balsamic vinegar in it, and you can put some basil on it and all. But if you want to quick get it and go, and the kids have got to be somewhere, not a bad way to go. You got right. your meat, you got your tomato, and you got your cheese. Great. Sounds like a winner to me. You know, sometimes I will put a slice of tomato on a piece of bread and slide it in the broiler, the toaster, and just slightly warm the top of the tomato and get it kind of warm before I add it into the sandwich. Well, sometimes I eat it open-faced, and sometimes I eat it with pimento cheese as well. You're so radical. <laughs> you you are just radical. I don't know okay, about all that. Dorothy, I, I have something really important to talk about, and in, in it's not food and farming. But I have seen that there is an animal extravaganza in flora. And Java and Malcolm and I are all about flora. We, you know, we've we did a show. A we did a live there. show. We went and did Florida. a live show oh, wow. there. Y'all have so many interesting things, but it's this weekend. That's right. Is this Friday? I think. Okay. Well, I'm coming and I'm bringing mm-hmm. my. I'm bringing Shiloh, my dog. Who's? Oh, okay, great. Yeah. We'll have to bring. Who are we going to bring? Hazel. Maple. Maple. So yes. Maple is one of the five. One of the five. But she's there, pretty much Hazel's shadow. Oh, okay. all, there are all these these things going on. One of the things that really caught my eye is that they are having free nail trims oh. and flea treatments mm-hmm. for dogs. Oh, okay. amazing! Free? Yes, I know. And they're going to be That's giveaways nice. with pet food and animal swag. I don't know what animal swag is, but I'm I'm like going chew to find toys, out. Bandanas, I would think. Maybe. bandanas, maybe. Oh my uh, goodness. Frisbee. Yeah, and this is from. (laughs) I I actually saw this on your Facebook page, and it's from four four to six on Friday. So, are Mm -hmm. y'all participating? Um, We will be there to support them, of course. Um, We are also going to be supplying some food, uh, just some good, fresh finger snacking vegetables. Tell us uh, in our. Remaining minutes here about the community that has formed in Flora around the creative economy, around food and restaurants and art. It seems to be quite a thriving little community that used to just be sort of a crossroads for farmers. Mm-hmm. That's right. I feel like there is a new restaurant that is coming to Flora, you know, all the time. I mean, just new things all the time. And there's really, really great food there. Um, just a lot of movement out there. Um, I feel like it's the the place to be. Do y'all have people who just drive up, who are just out for a day trip? They've heard about Flora. They're going to eat, and they just wander onto the farm. And do you do, like, tours and stuff? All the time. Um, We'll do, like, scheduled tours every now and then. Um, But we do, like, like from the road, whenever you drive through Flora, we're right off First Street, which is one of the main roads in Flora. And so from the road— you can just see rows and rows of tomatoes, 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 tomatoes. And so we have a lot of people who like to stop in and um, get tomatoes from us. Do you have uh, juvenile pilfering of the tomatoes? Do people pull <laughs> no, over on the side of the road? Like we used I've to do when I was a child, we used to, uh, quote, unquote, steal tomatoes right. from our friends' gardens, yeah. you know, just for something to do. Yeah. No, no it was watermelons. It was always go to uh, uh, some uncle or neighbor's watermelon patch at night and grab a watermelon. Like, they wouldn't (laughs) give us a hundred if we asked for them. Carol, you ever do any watermelon stealing? Malcolm, I did not. As I said, you're radical. (laughs) 
<laughs> Java, what we, about you? Had, Malcolm and I have had a great friendship because I'm more of a, a rule follower, hmm. not in a strict sense, but right. you you just are rolling out there, Mal. Oh, well. Java, you ever uh, no. borrowed a, a watermelon? <laughs> no, I haven't. Oh, I, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a, a lover of the watermelon, but I have never. I'm a city guy. I've been in. I've been in right, you're urban, urban job. Urban. I've been in Jackson all my life, so no, I've never been just out to the farm. Off the side of the road. <laughs> well, you know, it's never too late. Next time we go right. to Florida, maybe we'll dip our toes into a field. Yeah, it's always, you know, if you don't see I'll any signs or, ours. yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, look at this food. <laughs> food growing on the side of the road. I think I should partake. <laughs> so, Dorothy, speaking of watermelons, do you grow a variety of watermelons? Yes, we do. That's probably one of our favorites um, that we've grown. Uh, Hazel, do you want to tell them? the different colors that we grow? They grow red and yellow. Mm. And orange. Orange? Yes. Mm. Do they have seeds or... Orange watermelon. All of them are seeded and all of them are a smaller personal sized uh, watermelon. Like you may have heard of the sugar baby watermelon. Uh It's a red meat watermelon. Um, We grew an orange this year, which was my absolute favorite. It's a sorbet. Sorbet being the flavor? Uh, And the variety name. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And it was just like it sounded. I mean, it was dessert. It a was sorbet melon. I know. I wish, so I wish she had brought um, gifts, you know, oh, yeah. oh, swag, this watermelon I swag. I y'all watermelon swag. We're actually, we've, we've picked all the watermelon. They're gone. Because no. I've never yeah. had that, never heard of it. I was going to ask the question. Next year, Java. It, yeah. it, it, it doesn't taste like a red watermelon. Um. It's a little sweeter. Just really, really, really sweeter, sweet. yeah. Oh, man, so that's good. Just that's wild. melts in your mouth. Okay. So have, have me on next year, maybe a few weeks earlier, and okay. I'll bring you all the watermelon swag. I will have you on the <laughs> schedule. <laughs> you know, growing up, the um, it was it was very um, um, interesting when you would find a yellow-meated melon. It was unusual. Mm-hmm. You know, red was the melon. Right. But you, there were a few yellow-meated. I'd never heard of the orange. Yeah. I guess now there's maybe even other colors. I don't know. <laughs> there could be purple. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? No, those are really the only three that I, I really know of. Well, thank you so much for coming in. Oh, and, thank you all uh, so much. A pink watermelon mm-hmm. would be there good. It probably is a pink. We want to encourage all of our listeners to uh, check into Two Dog Farms in Florida, Mississippi. Yeah, where there are five dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're on Facebook and Instagram as well. You've re- recently featured a picture of a little puppy in a box of produce. Mm-hmm. Is that the dog that you're bringing to? Um, no, that is Ellie, and he. Um, well, I'm sure he could come along also, but Maple is Hazel's shadow. I mean, mm. she is her mm-hmm. favorite. So anywhere she goes, Maple goes. Well, thanks, ladies. We Thank appreciate y'all coming you in. Thank so much. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like you, and we thank you. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, for my co-hosts, Carol Palmer, and our very special guests today, Dorothy and Hazel Killen from Two Dog Farms. I'm Malcolm White. We ask that you now stay tuned for Marshall Ramsey's program called Now You're Talking, followed by Southern Remedy at 11... And we ask that you join us every Monday for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio, and we're also on Sunday mornings at 9 as well as Monday. 
We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.